Hello and welcome to Dopey, the podcast about drugs, addiction, and dumb shit. And I am Dave. I am Chris. How are you, Chris? I'm good. Yeah? Ready to go, ready to rip, ready to run. Are you full of caffeine and stuff? Yeah, I've been had a steady stream for like the last six hours. I drink this much iced coffee and I feel like I like smoke crack. Well, you know what's weird is that if I drink a lot of like highly caffeinated beverages, it has a reverse effect. But if I have like just a trickle of like Diet Coke, but I drink like six Diet Cokes, it's almost like more powerful than if I had like one super amped up with equal amount of caffeine beverage. Does that make sense? Yeah. I was listening. Do you, do you like, drink those like crazy caffeine, caffeine drinks? No. I mean, <clears throat> if I drink, like, I, I do notice, like, if I drink a Red Bull, I notice, if I drink one of the largest Red Bulls, like, I, I, I kind of get amped up a little bit. But, I, I again, I, even with tea, if I drink, like, ten cups of tea or five cups of tea instead of, like, two cups of coffee, I notice the tea more. I just, I don't know if that makes sense. I was listening to Church and Other Drugs with Shane Raymer. Yeah. And and Shane drinks like back to back to back the most <clears throat> excuse me caffeinated drink ever. Right. Like I didn't even know the name of it. Like Bullseye or Bingo or yeah. <laughs> some like crazy <laughs> caffeine drink. See that's what it's weird. Is some people um, they call it? It's like overamping on meth. Is that if you actually have really high contents of caffeine, it has the reverse effect. It makes you sleepy. Which it does to me. If I drink too much too quickly, it almost like I don't even get jittery. I get like tired. Caffeine, my like, body is just like ugh. It does not affect me. Coffee does because I also put a lot of sugar in it. Yeah. So it's like I get ugh. oh that first I ha I have to every morning have my morning coffee. I sit in bed. Uh, you drink morning. your coffee in bed. Yeah, you have a whole apartment. I go over. So I, hold on, hold on. Break it down. You wake up. I wake up, I sleepily go in, I put in the tiniest little amount of grinds, because I kind of like weak coffee, too, for some reason. I put a tiny little bit of grinds, like, just You're enough. so funny, the way, the, way, the way you talk about stuff, because, like, you love saying that you like weak coffee. Well, it's weird. And I, you like, say, I like, I like, I like, you make this little face. You, 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 <laughs> dopey Nation girls who love Chris. He's, he's so adorable when he talks about stuff no, like this. He goes, I like weak coffee, you know? Yeah. And he holds up a little smidgen. I put in a little grinds because I like it weak and well, he nods. strange. He's I like, like the housewife. He's like, so, I like it a little bit weak. Well, it's like, I like weak coffee at home when I make it myself. So I put in a little bit of grinds and enough for like two and a half cups of coffee, uh, water, uh, water for two and a half cups of coffee. And that's what I do at home in the morning. But if I go to a coffee shop, I do like really strong just house drip and I'll have like one cup sitting there. That's really fascinating. It's weird, right? I don't know. The, ca- the caffeine in coffee, I don't know if it's the, ca- I- I'd have to drink coffee in the morning and I pretend like it's not the caffeine. Do you no, know what I mean? caffeine, yeah. I know. It's like my breakfast. Yeah. You know, it's just, I need to... You know, I put it in me. Um, so it's black coffee, sitting in bed, playing Words with Friends or Catan. If you or want what? to friend me on Words with Friends, I'm Okie Doodles. Or what? Uh, not Catan. Uh, some stupid app for my phone. It's, what is it? It's Clash of Clans. It's so stupid. What you, oh, Catan is the video game. Catan's a video game playing the elliptical. Now. The uh, board game. Fucking A, man. Um... I wanted to talk about why we do Dopey. Okay. Um, and there's a lot of reasons why we do Dopey. Uh, first reason is, for me, I need projects in order to feel good about myself. Uh, I need projects in order to keep me sane. Like, one thing that I've noticed about myself is if I do not have a bunch of things going on, I feel... Nervous. Hobbies, hobbies, hobbies. Hobbies, hobbies, hobbies. But like at work, right? It's like if work is slow or even just medium. Yeah. And like I'm not getting texts. Yeah. Or there's no new email. Yeah. Like I want to kill myself with boredom. With work, my restaurant, it's so busy. Yeah. That the busyness of sol- – it's like a puzzle. Yeah. Solving the, the problem, okay, Um of how to get everybody what they want in time for them to be okay it it and then get money for it it satisfies this itch in my brain and also what it really does is it makes me stop thinking yeah you know because i'm so busy i can't think yeah and i love that so that's one reason we do, what i do dopey is is so that i have 
So I also love to make things. Yeah. You know, and it may, I feel great making things. Yeah. Now, after we started making it and making it for a little while and hearing, and, and I listened to it, I realized that it was good. Yeah. You know, because I like to hear us have fun. Yeah. But then when we started hearing from the Dopey Nation, I realized, you know, forget, like, the grandiosity that we're, like, helping people. Yeah. But, like, I realized that they're having fun listening to us. Yeah. And, like, we're on a mission to give them an hour of good times. Yeah. To keep them company. Yeah. And it makes me think of uh, the Blues Brothers. Mission from God. We're on a mission from God. Yeah. (laughs) You know? And, like... Well, it's funny you say that because the one of the huge reasons I do it is because it's fun and it's an hour that I enjoy. And it's just what you said in the last episode where I'm walking around and I'm like fucking blank and vacant between the uh, the ears. And then we start doing this and it's fun and I kind of come alive a little bit. But that's it's nothing compared to the month in between of us analyzing what's coming in and hearing from people <laughs> yeah. and orchestrating the next one and where are we and the book and yeah. the this and the yeah. that you know like well it's hobbies for you and like hobbies like I definitely like the spark of creativity I notice that when I've written and got into writing um, that sometimes I really like it and it's almost like an A where like I'll come out with something and I'll be like, that wasn't me, you know, or like, you know, you're sharing an AA or something and you say something or you're talking to a sponsee or your sponsor or something and you're like, something comes out of your mouth um, and you're like, I didn't even say that. Like, that's not me. What are you <laughs> saying? That's God? Yeah, I don't know what it is. You know, it's creativity if you want to call it. It's God, whatever the fuck you want to call it. You're saying um, it's Chris? So, but that's, there's, the, I like that. I'm saying Chris. I like that. But um, there's also this other thing, which... I know you, you don't like it when I say this, and I, I choose to call it, like, vanity or whatever, because, like, um, my ego, I've self-identified as, like, being this bad thing, which I don't think it's necessarily bad, but um, I like having hope that we're doing something and something could happen with it. It's exciting, you know? Oh, I'm convinced. I'm convinced that this will be a job for us eventually. That would be awesome. I would be very happy if that was... I'm convinced. Yeah. You know, but I'm convinced... I was convinced that Oy Vey shirts were going to fly off the shelves. Now, how they do it? They're just sitting in a bag over there. Do you want another one? <laughs> Your Oy Vey shirts, they get pit stains really quickly. Not only that, they they're pit too stain, thick. They pit stain, like, immediately. I literally wore it, like, three times, and there's just, like, big dark ring under my... Now it's my workout shirt. They're, I wear it at the gym. They're too thick. Yeah. Are they not? They're not comfortable. They, I don't like They're it. stiff in the shoulders. They're not a good material. The dopey shirt. Dopey shirt? I don't even have one. I don't have... I, I have... The, the co-host of Dobie Podcast and I own no Dobie. Co-host. Merch. Yeah. Creator. The creator. We are the creators. <laughs> sure, we host the show, but we create the show. Yeah. But my point oh, how is... How about um, Dopey Australia? Somebody wants to do Dopey Australia now. We've had an uh, offer for Dopey UK and now Dopey Australia. I didn't know that they were offering Dopey Australia. Yeah, that's what they said. And they were like, let's do our own. Like, or we could do like Dopey Australia version. Dopey Down Under. Dopey Down Under. That's Gabby's crew. Mm. We can't, nobody can do dopey anything, yeah. you know, but I mean, we, we wish those guys the best of course. without a doubt. And, um, and they sent in a funny story too. They sent in a funny story. Um, I really do think though, the fact that we get to, all I want to do, I mean, I want to be rich. I want dopey to be the most popular thing in the world. Somebody wrote on their Facebook today. Can you suggest a podcast? I just finished S town. And I was like, mm. <laughs> everybody's writing in like Gilbert Godfrey, this and that. And, yeah. I'm, and I'm waiting for someone to write, have you heard this amazing <laughs> podcast called Dopey? How about that email you wrote, that message on Facebook from Australia? Oh, yeah. Some dude, his last name is Doof. Yeah, well, you can't. Okay. Doof. You're supposed to say last names? I'm not saying his first name. <laughs> okay. Right. Uh, and Doof, I'm Just sorry. His family name is all right. But maybe it's not his name at all. Maybe it's like an alias. Doof, like spelled like Duff? No, like D-O-O-F. Doof. Okay. <laughs> you have to do a lot of bleeping if he doesn't want this. Yeah. Um, he said that he loves the show. And I said, well, how did you find the show? And he said he was going to work with some guy and he was listening to it. Like he gets in the car and he's listening to Dopey. That's funny. I know. Yeah. But wouldn't you say like when the easiest piece of the mission is that we get to keep people company and, like, give people who are struggling with the stuff that we struggled or who are in recovery, like, a chance to, like, 
breathe and like, oh yeah, I had a life like that. Thank God I get to hear something that makes me feel like who I am. I would have loved to listen to shit like this when I was in inpatient rehab. You know what I mean? It would have been great. And that's why it was... Or right out of it. Or right out of it, you know? Um, And I don't mind it now. (laughs) You know what I mean? But like... um, Anybody that was doing something like this, you know, that's why I think there is a place for it. I don't know if it's something that can scale to like a mass market thing. With this opiate so. pandemic, we got a lot of potential. <laughs> we need more people you to die from talk about the pandemic. <laughs> um, read the email because I want to call these people. Okay, all right. Um, and I don't feel good about the pandemic. We right know now. that. We know that, dude. All right, so uh, we got an email a couple days ago. I apologize if we haven't gotten around to your emails. We're falling behind a little bit. Big time. Big time. Yeah, big time falling behind. Um, Okay, so this is from Stephanie. She says, Hey, guys, I love your podcast. Can't get enough of it. It's educational and it's hilarious. I love it when people write in with dopey stories, so I thought I would share one of my own with the Dopey Nation. I'm 28 now and try and just stick to a few drinks on the weekends, but when I was 13 and 19, I loved weed, mushrooms, and eventually E. Here's my best dopey story from those crazy days. Dopey story, the acid E. This story takes place in Kelowna, Kelowna, BC, which is British Columbia, uh, 18 years old and headed to a wakeboarding festival with my 19-year-old friend. I'll set the story up by telling you this friend was a low-key, crazy, and... I'll set this story up by telling you this friend was low-key and booked us a hotel 45 minutes away from town because, well, she just did stuff like that on the regular. Anyway, over the weekend, we met some guys and hung out with them. They had some E, so we decided to do it. The E was not like anything we had ever seen before. It was a big pill, like a double-decker, and it was lime green. My girlfriend and I both took one pill and hung out with the guys for a while. Nothing happened, so my girlfriend got mad and asked them to give her another. They were telling her it was a bad idea, but she strong-armed them into it, and after that, they took off. A bad sign. We got to a massive club, and the East starts to kick in. Some guy takes us into a VIP room, and it's filled with ice statues and people dressed up all crazy. We're tripping pretty hard now, so we decided to start hugging, licking, and rubbing the ice statues. They, um, ask us to leave. Now, we're walking around the streets. This town is bumping because of the festival, and my friend, who is now tripping double as hard as me, thinks she is dying and pulls out her phone. Hmm. She calls the police and tells them she is going to die. She's really loud about it, and we get a few stares. I'm pretty fucked up, too, but I know this is a bad idea, so I managed to pull the phone away from her and tell her to get it together. We keep walking and find ourselves in a parking lot, not knowing what to do with ourselves. We see a parked little truck and decide to jump into the back of the truck bed so we can just lie there and look at the stars as this crazy acid e-shit passes. We're lying in the back of this stranger's truck bed laughing hysterically when the owner of the truck comes back. He's with a buddy and they're like, hey, what are you doing in the back of our truck? And we were like, hey, we're fucked up. Can we stay here for a while? And they're like, okay, but we're going to the Burger King drive-thru. So we ask for a Whopper. We're lying in the back of this truck bed as they go through the drive-thru and they order us a Whopper. One of them, I guess, throws it to us from out the window or something. And all we can do is stare at it and repeat, Whopper, Whopper, (laughs) Whopper. We're trying to eat it, but we forgot how to eat, so we're both just kind of squishing it against our faces, repeating the word whopper over and over again. These guys think we're pretty funny, but don't know what to do with two, these uh, us two crazy chicks in the back of their truck bed. So when we ask them to drive us back to our hotel 45 minutes away, they just say, okay, I guess. Anyways... We somehow make it back alive and go to bed. I remember my friend saying in the morning she wasn't sure if she was going to be alive when she woke up. We woke up to our other friend sleeping outside the door. She had come up in the morning and had been banging on the door for hours before eventually just going to sleep. The next day, we went back to the festival and did it all over again. Ha ha ha. Anyway, that's my dopey story. Keep doing what you're doing. P.S. Have you guys been on the Share podcast? I would love to know your stories from beginning to end. Stay strong and toodles, Steph. Thanks, Steph. That's good. A lot of ecstasy stories. I love just like them smashing the waffles against their face because I didn't know. I used to do that so much. I'd start tripping, and I'd be like, it happened mostly with San Pedro's and mescaline. I'd be like, you trip for a long time, really fucking hard. And after a while, I'd be like, what should I do? I was like, I'm going to eat, and I'd like go in and I'd get food. 
and I just look at it. No, and I'd, I'd have it in my hand, and then like I'd like forget what I was doing, and I'd be standing in the kitchen for like thirty minutes, like just I don't know doing what, and then I'd be like remember that I was hungry, and I'd be like I should get something to eat, and then I'd look in my hand, and there'd be the food that I got when I was hungry forty minutes ago. You know what I mean? I just have this like vicious cycle of like forgetting. For me, food and psychedelics were just the worst. It's disgusting. Possible. It's like the idea of consuming something, dude. I sh- while tripping, it's like are you? I'm not eating. How about this? I slammed dope on mescaline once. Sticking a needle... And I didn't even need it. It, like, takes away the... You're not, like, sick. But I was just like, oh, maybe it'll be amazing. And I slammed it. I didn't even feel the dope. Like, it didn't do anything. And it was just, like, introspective nightmares. Of like, why do I poke myself right. with this five times a day? Right, right. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Did you ever do mescaline? No. It's different, man. No, I never did mescaline. It's no... Uh, Great grandmother ayahuasca or whatever. I never no, I never did. Ma- I never. I never found myself with mescaline. Yeah, I never found. Well, I, I never did peyote mescaline. I only did San Pedro mescaline. I never did peyote or mescaline. I did. Well, peyote is mescaline, and so it's, it's just the active ingredient in cactus. There's actually like 500 cactuses that have mescaline. Peyote has the highest by weight. But the San Pedro is a okay. I got yeah. It. So like a. a, a, a Peyote is like 6% by volume. Where did you get shit. it? Dark web? You, you can just order San Pedro's right now online. And so San Pedro's are anywhere from like... A, like we don't encourage you to yeah. order San Pedro's online. <laughs> it's a fucking process. You have to, it takes all day to like make the tea and it's a total pain in the ass to do it. But it's like one of like those loopholes where you, you can fucking get rocked on mescaline ordering the shit legal online. Probably no, and that was something I never did. I mean, I ate a shitload of mushrooms and I took a ton of acid and I smoked DMT and I took Ibogaine. But I never, yeah, I never did Ibogaine. But I never did mescaline, and like, uh, just you know, this is so stupid. But I, and I think I told this story before. When I started, or I was in high school, and that movie, The Doors, came out, and um, me and my girlfriend went to see The Doors, and I'm, and that's you know, wall to wall mescaline peyote in that movie. You seen yeah. it? No. Wow. Anyway, really, are you really saying wow? Like, is that actually surprising to you that I haven't seen it? Yeah, it is. It actually is. It's just because you've seen a lot of dumb movies, pop culture movies. I don't see pop culture movies. I, I, think, I watched The Terminator well, and The Matrix. It's, it's like just... It's just... It, it, Dune It, it is like interesting that. to me. Just like in treatment, they watch it a lot. You've spent years in treatment. I'm just surprised it never came up. But when I watched The Doors, I, I, I was like pretty... I, sorry, go ahead. What did you say? I was just going to say I went to rehab with... Uh, Robbie Krieger's Robbie son. Krieger's son. Yes, yeah. I know you all know that. that. Okay, keep going. I know everything. Yeah. Um, so, I was fresh faced. I didn't drink. I don't think I. I smoked weed once or something. Yeah. And I went to see The Doors in the movie theater on Eighth Street in 1990. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. And I'm watching that movie, and like my eyes are just getting bigger and bigger. And I left that movie with my girlfriend, and I looked at her, and I said. I really think I need to start taking drugs. And it was real. You know, it was just like, I needed to start taking drugs from watching that movie. It was like an epiphany. Like, I, I need, and it sounds so stupid. No, because now I, I was a heroin addict for 15 <laughs> years because yeah. I watched The Doors and I, I just wanted that change. No, I get it, dude. You have to watch this movie. No, I, yeah, but I... Will you watch it? Because also you probably don't know any music it. by The Doors. And Val Kilmer does an amazing Jim Morrison. I like Val Kilmer. The weak moment is is Meg Ryan plays uh, Pamela, his girlfriend, and she's like not believable. Uh, You know, Val Kilmer was supposed to be Morpheus originally from uh, Matrix. It's so good that he wasn't. He, I could see him doing it, but now Morpheus has to be black. Like just Lawrence Fishburne nailed. You know, Lawrence Fishburne disowned his daughter. No, why? She got into porn. What's her name? I don't know. That sounds sad. Yeah. Okay, listen, we're... I don't know if he disowned her, but okay. like their relationship is strained. We gotta move move through, because we got a lot of stuff to okay, do. Okay, yes. Okay, there is a movie out right now. It, it's not even a movie. It's a series on Amazon Prime called Long Strange Trip. It's a five and a half hour docu-series about one of my favorite band, perhaps the greatest American band of all time, The Grateful Dead. Yeah. And this thing is fucking awesome. You know, like, the Grateful Dead are great for a million reasons, 
But the number one reason the Grateful Dead are great, what are you smiling about? <laughs> Nothing. Because you farted and it stinks? <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> the number one reason that the Grateful Dead, Jesus Christ, <laughs> are so great is because of, of Jerry Garcia. It's like, you have this band, and, and, and this band, like, I think I talked to you about this before, but I'm going to talk about it quickly. They They came up in San Francisco, like, right pre- Summer of Love, crazy acid everywhere, and um, they were Jerry Garcia was like a, a folk folk player at the clubs with Robert Hunter, who he wrote the songs with, and um, then he started a, a, a little rock and roll band uh, with Phil Lesh called the Warlocks, and then he met Ken Kesey. And Ken Kesey was the guy who wrote One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, oh, yeah, and yeah. he wrote Sometimes a Great Notion. And Ken Key, I think Ken Kesey was this, you know, um, like this, just amazing American. Like he was a football player, but he was an intellectual, and he was a writer. And he heard about them doing LSD studies and Morning Glory Seed studies yeah. and mescaline studies at the hospital in Stanford. So he volunteered to be a guinea pig, yeah. and he started to get dosed. Yeah, and then he was like. He loved it. Yeah. Loved the psychedelic yeah. experience. And uh, and then he signed up to be an orderly in the hospital or a janitor or something. And he started stealing the LSD and, and throwing these and, and throwing these parties. And at the same time, one of these books came out and, and he got rich. One yeah. floor of the cuckoo's nest. Yeah. And he bought this estate in um, Northern California. And he, and he assembled this group of guys yeah. that he called the Merry Pranksters. Yeah. And the Merry Pranksters had Turned their... Turned into... Something else. No, they called themselves. They stayed there. You told me this before, but keep going. And um, the Merry Pranksters uh, started having these parties in in Palo Alto in the Redwoods. Uh, And if I get any of this wrong, I'm sorry. Yeah, whatever. Um, And they would all take acid and. and, and they created this scene, and it was like, never trust a prankster, because they were all taking all of these heavy doses of acid, and they would make this uh, punch. And then they started staging these events called the acid test. The acid test, yeah. And, and can you pass the acid test? Yeah. Which was basically, can you show up and not lose your fucking mind? Yeah. Can you roll with this intense LSD experience? Yeah. And they were like, well, we need music. And they saw the Warlocks playing at some pizza parlor in San Francisco, and they invited Jerry and the Dead to the Redwoods to, to trip out. the Warlocks? The Grateful Dead. Before they were the Dead? Yeah, they okay. found out that... The well, vel- why did they change? Is it different members? Or? No. The Velvet Underground, at yeah. the same time, were called the Warlocks and yeah. had a record out or something. And yeah. Phil Lash was like, well, there's this band in New York called the Warlocks. I don't think we should call it the Warlocks. Oh, okay. And that's my Phil Lash impression. <laughs> and Jerry opens the dictionary and he's like, hey, man, Grateful Dead. And he opens it up to the page where it says the Grateful Dead. And yeah. it was like a... I don't remember. There's some, something about like a, a, a mythological Irish thing or something okay. where, where the, the dead are grateful. Okay. I don't know. I don't, I don't know that piece. But um, so they called themselves the Grateful Dead, and they became the soundtrack to the acid tests. And they tore it up and down the with coast the Mary Pranksters. with the Merry Pranksters and Ken Kesey running it. And um, it's so crazy here. It's all. I mean, I, I love one flew over the cuckoo's nest. Obviously, it's and he wrote it from his LSD experience. It's all LSD. Oh, he wrote it after he started yeah. at Stanford. It was stuff. all about that. Oh, I thought it was before. No, was, it was okay. all about that. Okay. And um, and and Jerry was just this monster musician, and the band was this ragtag bunch. And they um, then they hooked up with that guy Owsley, who was the master acid maker. Yeah, and. Um, they started touring in 1966 or 67, and they didn't stop until Jerry was dead in 1995. Yeah. And they all became cokeheads, junkies, you know. We caught up with them in other ways. Well, here and there. And, and yeah. Jerry always preached, you should take drugs. You know what I'm saying? Like, even when he was but the was worst. Was Jerry an addict? Horrible, horrible heroin addict. Oh, yeah, yeah. I remember the story where he went on the radio and said, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's a classic. But but he also like got busted at Golden Gate Park where they they took his briefcase. It had like thirty bundles of heroin and thirty bundles of coke, yeah. and and like he was a horrible horrible heroin addict. Yeah. Um. Anyway, one time when I was working, I was taking care of this hippie couple, and it turned out one of them had been a roadie for the Grateful Dead. 
<laughs> so, in honor of a long, strange trip, I don't know, this guy's what name exactly is... exactly is a roadie? And a roadie's like the person who sets up the sound? Who sets up the gear. And they just... Okay. And the other thing about this movie is that you, the dead were so fucked up, their road crew earned as much money as the musicians, and the road crew had the same input for the direction of the band. It was total chaos. It was like anarchy. That's like, kind of cool. <laughs> but it, like, it was fucked up. Yeah. There was a road manager who, who left. He was the, the Rolling Stones manager and then the Grateful Dead and the Rolling Stones played Altamont together, which was a festival in uh, Northern California where a fan got murdered like by a, a Hell's Angel. And like that was like Woodstock was supposedly the the peace and love festival, and Altamont was the end of the sixties. Okay, <laughs> and after that, this guy left the Rolling Stones to manage the Dead. But then, like five years later, he's like, "You guys are too fucking crazy. I don't want to be with you guys anymore." And he left. But so we're so gonna call this guy. guy. It might be nothing. Did he but, did his, did he say he has like a story or two? He can tell. I don't think so. All right, but we'll see. Does he know you're calling him? Yeah. Yeah, but um. And, um, I don't know. Lots of people don't like the dead, but they're just it's like, weird, cause I listen to the fish, but I don't really listen to the dead. The dead are like pure Americana and they chug along and, you know, they have, they have both like amazing fucking A, man. I can't do this. They both have amazing j- songs, like songwriting. And at the same fucking hell, how do I copy a number? And, um, they have both amazing songwriting and amazing soloing and like but the thing about it is that um just let me call let me call i don't want to talk anymore i just want to call call could you call that there we go it's an acquired taste lots of people don't like the dead what's this guy's name john good evening this is john hey john it's david how you doing Mr. Manson, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Long time no talk to. I know. When when John came to the restaurant... Don't mention the name of our restaurant because this is anonymous. We're on the thing, okay. by the way. Yeah. When John came to the restaurant, he was with his wife, and, I, and, and he tipped me with money and a nice joint. Oh, all right. Was this back when you were using? Yes. This is Chris. Yeah, hey, sorry, John. My name's Chris. I do the show with Dave. Hey, hi, Chris. How are you? What's going on, dude? I'm good. How are you? Good, good. And John, you're managing a bunch of bands right now, right? Well, I'm managing one. I've got uh, I've got one band that I manage, and uh, I'm the technical director at our local performing arts uh, center, and I also put on a two-day festival oh. here for our community radio station. Achilles Wheel, right? Achilles Wheel is the band. <laughs> right on. I, I've, I've been watching a bunch of it. It always sounds great, and I love to see you on Facebook. It's always fun. Well, thank you. So we're, uh, I was trying, Chris doesn't know anything about anything in terms of, Chris is a horrible drug addict, but somehow like he didn't get sucked into drugs through American drug culture. He just like went for pure oblivion. Um, and I'm trying to explain to him like the history of the dead. This is the Mary Wander, with Mary Pranksters. He was going through the whole thing. It's fascinating. Um, well, the, the Pranksters are a little bit before my time. Um, I fell into uh, the music business in 1974, working for Bill Graham Presents in San Francisco. Um, and, and I was pretty well indoctrinated into the drug culture at, by that time. And there, in the music business of the, of the mid-70s, oh, up until the mid-80s, um, drugs were like an occupational hazard. Uh, they really were. How do you mean? So, well, they were available. I mean, they, they were they were available. Uh, the bands were into them, uh, so people were always, you know, coming by, giving musicians drugs. Um, if you were on the crew, they would uh, ply you with drugs in order to get closer to the band. You know, I'll, I'll turn you on to some weed to get me backstage, or you know, here's a gram of coke, or or, or whatever it was. So. Um, you know that was you were around that all the time, and that temptation was always there. Right. Was that that was at the Fillmore West and Winterland, or just the Fillmore? Uh, no, for me, it was Winterland, uh, Winterland, and, and and points beyond. Um, uh, that's when I really first started uh, working working with Bill. Was at Winterland. What were you doing? 
I did a bunch of things. There were, um, you know, it was a pretty small company in the day, and you kind of showed up, and, and if they needed help in security, you did security. If they needed help in catering, you did catering. If you if they needed help, you know, as a stagehand, you did that. Um, and from what I understand, okay. Bill Graham put on the greatest shows ever. He, like, right? Wasn't Bill Graham's thing, like... Like, he would have New Year's shows where everyone would get, like, the best meal and, like, he would come out as a baby, like, baby New Year with his diaper and shit. This is all true. <laughs> um, and what bands were you working with then? Well, I mean, everybody that Bill brought through town. I mean, I, you know, I worked with uh, The Dead and, and Jefferson Starship and, and The Airplane. Um, Santana was one of Bill's bands. Doobie Brothers were local folks. So classic um, San Francisco bands. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. And did you, you you wound up working on the Dead's Road Crew, though, right? I did work for the Dead uh, from about 83 to 85. I was, um, I was on their crew as uh, what was termed as an artist liaison. My job was to keep the people that knew the Grateful Dead separate from the people that the Grateful Dead actually knew. What does that mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, think about it. You know, everybody knows the Grateful Dead. Oh, I got you. Yeah, I got, I got yeah, you. Yeah. So you made sure they, they saw the people they wanted to see. Yeah, yeah. And so did you work closely with the band itself? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Were you like, were you, were you like, because Jerry was totally strung out on heroin at that point. Right. Well, yeah, he was he was kind of in his own little world, and he, he was handled by a, you know a different a different guy. I didn't do too much with him, although I did some. But generally, he was handled by somebody uh, who would have his interests, you know, in heart and be his bag man. And, was that Steve? You know, that sort of stuff. I'm sorry? Was that Parrish or no, somebody else? Uh, sometimes it was Parrish. Sometimes it was John McIntyre. Hell, sometimes it was Bobby. Right. Yeah. Right. And what, what was the scene like? Was it just like, and what were you, and how did you not fall into addiction? Well, uh, I won't say that I didn't. Um, you know, I had, my, I had my little time with uh, cocaine. Cocaine and I were... We're, we're best of friends for longer than, than I should have been. But, um, you know, I only did heroin once, and, and I just knew that it was something that, that I, shouldn't, uh, I shouldn't mess with. It was just an intuition. Right. And did you see the... You saw the Long Strange Trip uh, series, right? Yeah, I watched it over the weekend, just this last weekend. What'd you think? Um... Well, I thought that um, uh, I, I was actually disappointed. Uh, it, it just left me with the feeling that, that you know, things could have been different. Right. What do you mean by that? Well, uh, you know, I don't know. It, it was just, you know, I still haven't been to any of the shows since Jerry died. Yeah, why would you? You know, I mean, to see, yeah. John, see John Mayer sing Jerry tunes, it sounds like I'd rather be, like, punched in the face, you know? Yeah, I, I just don't have any desire to, to see that. I mean, you know, I still talk to Weir every now and again. His sister just moved uh, up to, to the town that I live in. So I see Wendy on occasion, and, you know, I, I talk to Weir probably once or twice a year. Right on. Um, but I just don't have any desire to... To, to see another Grateful Dead cover band, and that's well, that what makes. They are. When I watched the long, a strange trip, the the thing that I felt, which is ridiculous, because it's five and a half hours, is I felt it could have been twelve hours. I felt there were things that they didn't put in that I wanted to see, and if they were doing it episodically, why not do twelve episodes? You well, know. Uh, yes, yeah, that, that's true. I mean, the fact that they only mentioned, uh, they only interviewed. One of the, gosh, I think it's three or four girls Jerry was married to. Um, that that leaves a whole big gap there. I think we only uh, interviewed one of his uh, three, I think it is, daughters, four daughters, 
Wouldn't you be? Wouldn't you kind of think though that they didn't want to do it? Well, I, I'm sure there's some of that. I, I'm sure there's some of that. But some of them just said, "No, I just, I just assumed pass." I'm uh, sure Mountain Girl wanted nothing to do with it. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Um, John, can I ask you a question? Sure. So, uh, is there anything during your period, uh, your time with the dead from 83 to 85, is there anything that happened like with like a crazy fan or something like that, that stood out to you that you like remember? Well, I'll tell you what I've been told is, uh, Weir's favorite story. And, uh, I was up, uh, see, where were we? We're at the, uh, Oakland auditorium and this, uh, they just gotten back from playing shows in LA and they were doing three nights in Oakland. And uh, this girl showed up at Bobby's dressing room with a suitcase wanting access to uh, to his dressing room and there was $50 on the, on the table in there that she said was hers. And I didn't know her and nobody had cleared her with me uh, that she was gonna be there and I told her the last thing I was gonna do is, uh, you know, open up his dressing room and let somebody in that I'd never seen before and, and, and give them money that was, uh, that was in there that didn't belong to me. And, you know, she got all huffy and hysterical and, you know, threatened all kinds of things. And, you know, this will be the last time you ever hold this job and, and you better get used to my face because I, I plan on being around for a while was her line as she stomped off down, down the hallway. And turns out that, you know, Everything that she said was 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 pretty close to, to true, <laughs> and uh, but that was also the last time anybody ever saw her. <laughs> so what happened? Well, I, you know, I think she wore out her welcome uh, with that attitude, you know, all the way up the chain. Right. I mean, and like now you're still around the hippie scene, right? <laughs> <laughs> What what's like I mean back then hippies were fucking you know, timing out graduating to harder drugs and like you said, it's an occupational hazard, it's a lifestyle hazard. What's the scene like now with this legalized marijuana, all these tinctures and like are people like just messing with the THC or is there a crazy tripping scene or are they doing dope? What's going on? Well, I think that there's uh from what I understand, I've got a daughter who is uh, in her mid-30s, and she tells me that cocaine is still prevalent in in her scene, in her circle. Um, but and so is LSD and and mushrooms and 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 psychedelics at large. Um, but I find that a lot of the people that I associate with. I mean, I can't tell you the last the last time I actually smoked a joint. I usually have three or four of them on me, but I just don't smoke that much anymore. Well, when I saw you last, you were you were rolling at the table. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was pre-roll, David. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, but uh, you know, I, I just think that that uh, for me it was a phase. I mean, I've done it all. And I know what it's all about, and I just, I don't have the need or the desire to, to keep on doing it. Hmm. And do you, do you find that people with serious addiction just aren't around because they're locked up in their room getting high? Well, uh, you know, I don't know anybody. The, 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 the serious addictions that I'm aware of um, right now are to, like, caffeine and nicotine. Those are, those are things that I see people battling with. And I'll tell you right up front. Um, I smoked cigarettes for years and years and years, and out of all the things I quit, far and away, cigarettes were the hardest thing that I had to deal with. Right. Right, right, and, right. And I, I think it's largely because um, the, the, the delivery system is engineered to be addicting and to keep you hooked. Yeah, tell so me about it. Stuff. Yeah, I mean, I think that's what it is. I think that's what it is with a lot of um, with a lot of street drugs now too. You know, back when I was a kid, it was all about purity and and and, and you, you know you had the purest weed and the purest blow and 
and, and, and the cleanest LSD. Right. Um, and it was, people prided themselves in making a quality, pure product. But that's, that went out the window probably 30 years ago, and people decided that, you know, well, we can, we can manufacture this stuff so that it, that it hooks you and keeps you there. Right. Mass production and, and such. Yeah. I hear you. Um, John, I really, 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 really appreciate the call. But uh, we got to run out of here. But uh, when are you going to be back in New York? You know, I got to I got to talk to the missus about that. Um, now that my son is uh, running a real restaurant in Manhattan, um, we got to get to him. And, yeah, and, uh, come by. Say what's up. Yeah, and uh, we'll certainly come by and visit you, David. So love to hear um, you. Love to hear we'll, you. We'll, we'll let you know when we're coming to town. Right on, John. Thank you so much. And then uh, you tell all your tell all your peeps there about Achilles Wheel. Yeah, you guys check out Achilles Wheel. Check them out. Yeah. Is there a website we should we could plug? Uh, AchillesWheel.com is the website. They've got a Facebook page. Um, you know, they probably got yeah, they got a uh, a Twitter account. We're out there. Right on, John. Thank you so much. Thanks, John. Hey, thanks for having me. Right on. Later. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. Ins and outs of the dead scene. It was really cool that. Uh, just hearing about the dead from you and then calling somebody who's like there yeah that was cool I'm happy that you like re-explained everything you know because I already forgot you told me that like six months ago we gotta jump right back in now hold on we should talk about this process this for a second I think you're probably right yeah well I just want to comment quickly about the caffeine and nicotine addiction I mean the different the, the difference is that's it's a different sort of addiction you know what I mean like you can get anybody addicted to nicotine you know they don't have to be an addict. They don't have to be afflicted to get addicted to nicotine. And that's why it's the most addictive drug. Not you, to mention... You know what I'm saying? My mom can get addicted to cigarettes. She's not going to get addicted to Oxycontin or heroin, even if she does it. She'll do it, and then she won't do it again. She'll smoke cigarettes if she keeps with it, and she'll develop a habit. Or caffeine. It's like... But it's... it's do you understand what I'm saying, though? It's either... Of course I do. Yeah. No, I, I don't understand. Could you explain okay. the difference okay, between... Okay, good. All right, I was just going to say, because you didn't really comment on it. I'm like, this is, you know... With what? With what I just said. I'm like, you know, that's the difference there. Well, like, we're also talking about manageability in one's life. You know, a life addicted to nicotine and caffeine can be a life managed until you're dead from lung cancer. Yeah, exactly. A, a life addicted to heroin or cocaine, you can't really get anything done. No. Can't really see anybody. No. Can't really go anywhere. No. You know, it seems like he, he John, um, you know, was privy to the scene, but he didn't have to be running drugs for anybody. He doesn't have it. He doesn't got it, you know. You know, he doesn't have affliction, nor, nor did he have to bring drugs to the band. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Now, I don't mean to rush through all this stuff, but, uh, you know, Nick Reiner... Uh, he's got a story. He's, he's got a story. Call him. We're calling. All right. Got a story. Switching gears, switching paces. Yeah. Giving it a shot. Yeah. What the fuck? This would be, what, our fourth Nick Reiner appearance? Fifth Nick Reiner? He's like the Alec Baldwin of Saturday Night Live for Dopey. <laughs> Let's see if he answers. He was getting impatient. Was <laughs> he? Yeah. Now he's not going to answer. He'll answer. No, look at that. Let me rush through that whole thing. That's funny. Think the mailbox is full? I would guess the mailbox is full. Your call has been forwarded See. to an automated voice messaging full system. Full or not full? You're saying full? Yeah. I'm saying full. Three, two, one, ah! zero, seven, ah. four, you always nine, remember that. zero, ah, nah, nah, nah. two, three, seven. Did we is th- not available. The mailbox is full. I cannot accept <laughs> any messages at this. There you go. That's he's gonna call back probably. Um, that was cool, man. You think so? Yeah. Why do you think it was cool? Not Nick. The other. Yeah. Show. Why do you think it was cool? It was, I, what I said originally. Tell me why. Oh, um, are you gonna watch Long Strange Trip? No. Why not? It's too long. It's too too long and too strange. Well, well, is that the one that you showed me the preview of? Yeah. Oh, it is? Yeah. It is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but just five hours. I got a lot of Game of Thrones to catch up on. Where are you at with that? <sighs> Halfway through season five. You know, this, I, I was so excited to have this thing happen where we did The Dead, and I was so excited to talk about The Dead. John calls in, and then Nick had a crazy story. 
And like now, my whole plan is ruined. You call him. I'm not going to call him. But what I'm going to do is um, I'm going to play that weird voice memo we got from that weird guy. Which one? Oh, here's Nick Reiner. Yo. Sorry, my phone was charging. That's good. Say what's up. Hey, yo, Nick, what's up? What's it's Chris. Up, man? How's it going? It's good. You know, Dave just referred to you as the, uh, for Dopey, um, he made the parallel to uh, Alec Baldwin of Saturday Night Live, saying that you're this, this repeat person. Is this what, your fifth time on the show now? Uh, I don't know. Who's counting? Chris's, Chris's, yeah. This better be the best time, Nick. I hope you have a straight fire story to throw down. Oh my god! Well, no pressure. Up too much. <laughs> Nick, did you like the Grateful Dead? You know what? Um, I'm not gonna be like some fake guy and say, yeah. I mean, I lo- I don't really, couldn't really get into them. I'm with you, man. You and me, we nose to nose. Yeah, Nick's a hip hop guy like you. He likes little Yachty. You like little Yachty, Nick? Um, I don't. Chris is really into that Just shit. Just that one song. The Sprite commercial with Better. LeBron James. What'd you say? He's in that Sprite commercial with LeBron James where he's like playing a piano that's made of ice. Oh, really? Look at you. Chris, I don't Chris, have cable TV. Chris has, just watch Netflix. Chris is the Amazon. worst. He doesn't have cable TV. He's, he's better than us or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's definitely not the case. Yeah. So what's going on with you, Nick? Uh, not a whole lot, dude. You just We just talked on the phone, and you gave me like some come-to-Jesus talk where you wanted me to be uh, do all these things, which I, I thought it was a good chat. I did too. Are you kidding me? I was trying to just put the fire under you. Get that shit done, son. Right. You know, why not? It's like, uh, the world is your oyster and all you have to do is grab that motherfucking pearl. Wow. Alright, Nick, hit us with some dopey. Alright, what, what, what do you want to know? Well, you got something or no? I mean, Chris, these are your choices. You can do the, when he lost his virginity to the hooker, or when he got crazy drunk and high with uh, what's it, Woody Harrelson in Texas. Are those actually two options I have, Nick? Yeah, they're two options you have. You can you can choose which one you want to hear. Um, you know, Fellini lost his virginity to a hooker. Who's Fellini? He's an Italian filmmaker. Oh, okay. Um, well, since you mentioned that, let's hear about the hooker. Um. Well, it was pretty much... Oh, wait, no, you told this on Dopey, I think. You did, you did? Oh, yeah. She- I, I asked if I uh, told that, and Dave said no. Yeah, I'm I think stupid. you did. You went to, um, she came over... Yeah, I remember the story. Tell the Woody Harrelson one. Um, that was, like, so long ago. I'm going to have a hard time remembering it, but I'll, I'll try, I guess. I um, think you told the hooker one. No, he Something told the story about the chick he met after rehab, and oh, she came yeah, over yeah, and yeah, got no, in the shower. No, tell the hooker one. I'm thinking of the chick after rehab. That girl wasn't a hooker. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, tell the hooker story. Um, It's not a big deal. It's just I was like 15 or something, and I went on to, it was at that time, Craigslist, and I was just looking at the different profiles, and this one... Just it was just an ass shot. That's the only thing that was her profile picture, and it had a number. And I called her, and I, some kid that I met at outpatient rehab told me you could do this. That's how I knew how to do it. But uh, I think I was watching Tom and Jerry or something, and I like went over to my computer, got this woman's number. I called her up. I was about fourteen or something, and her going rate was about two hundred dollars, and. So, and this is the part of the story that I don't usually tell, but I'll tell it anyways. I, uh, I got uh, $200 from my, my parents. <laughs> I snuck in. Like, well, what did you bank. say to them? How did you get the money? I, there was no, I didn't say anything. I, like I was saying, I snuck into, into where I knew the money was, like the pink oh, panther. Oh, you stole $200 from your parents. <laughs> right. I didn't say, hey, look, I'm going to you know, be with a hooker tonight. Do you think... You have an extra 200. You could have said there was a big field trip. I need 200 bucks to go to the cookie factory or something. It was also like 1 a.m. or something. So. Okay, so she she comes over. Tell us. What happened? Okay, you were asking me questions. She comes over. um, It's I didn't know how it worked, so I I tried to kiss her. She didn't want that. 
then we we walked. Nick, Nick, like, just to interrupt, if you want to kiss them, it has to say G F E. What does that mean? Girlfriend experience. Oh, you know that, dude. Obviously, <laughs> I don't even know what that is. Chris is, Chris is the hooker <laughs> expert. You're clearly. I just I've heard this. <laughs> sure. <laughs> And this isn't me. This is my friend doing all this. He told me. (laughs) All right. So continue. Uh, Any more questions? No, continue. Continue. I I know. Um, So then at the end of it. Wait, what did she look like? Yeah. How was the face? She was, she was not a hot look. She was not a good looking chick. I'll just say that. Uh, I didn't care because I was young and I was like, this is awesome. Did the ass match the picture of the ass? Uh, it's hard to tell, probably. I think it was like 10 years earlier. It was 10 years Right. When she moved from dinner. I don't know. I can't really remember. It was so long ago, I can't really remember. Nick, how so, long did you last? 15 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> so I had she left, and then I was like, that was awesome. I kind of felt like shit, but I was like, that's awesome. So then I realized I had more money on me, and I called her back, and she came for a second time. No <laughs> way. The story, I never know. I never asked her her name. I never really got into any specifics of anything. But at somewhere along the way, when I used to tell this, someone dubbed her as Cherry Red. So that's what I, I go by. It's Cherry Red. There it is. <laughs> Amazing. Oh. And you were horny to shark? <laughs> um, not that. But... <laughs> But to add a dopey twist to it, I'd eaten, I think, people in California know this is a hubby bar, which it's like an entire chocolate edible. Of, uh, it's like a pot brownie, but it's in a chocolate bar. And I was extremely blazed. But I still would have done it if I was sober, I think. That's amazing. <laughs> amazing. It's a good story. Young. Young guy. How, how did the second time go? Did you last longer? Uh, like 30 seconds. Right. So that was easy money for Cherry Red. Yeah. That was easy money. That yeah. Was, that, that was, yeah. Right on. Um, you better do what I said. You better get this shit done, man. Um, yeah. I tell you, worry about myself. No, that the filmmaking. You, got, I mean, you have you have something. I know what you're talking about? We're talking about low hanging fruit. It needs to be plucked. It needs to be picked, my friend. That's what. That's that's the right attitude. Right? Um, yeah. And I sent you my script. It's going to blow your mind out of your brains. Okay. Um, I'm looking forward to reading it. Right on. Do you want to tell the, the Woody Harrelson story, too? Should I do that one or save it? Save it. It's a good story, save though. It we'll it's have a you good, back on in a few episodes. It's a good story. It's a no good story. Wants, no one wants 15 minutes of me talking. Just, uh, I'll, I'll say it another time, maybe. I'll be, and I'll live up to my Alec Baldwin reputation. Exactly. Right on. All right, Nick. Thank you for calling in or picking up the phone or whatever you want to call it. All right. Thanks, Nick. Good to hear your voice, dude. Yeah, good to talk to you, boys. And keep me posted on, on all your moves and non-moves, and if you ever need a, a pep talk, I'm here. Will do. Okay, right on. All right, later. Later. Nice. All right, the great Nick Reiner. Great Nick Reiner losing his virginity to the to Cherry Red. Yeah, to Cherry Red. Yeah. Um, do you want to tell the Dopey Nation about my amazing project? Do you want to save it? I think we should save that for the. I mean, unless you want to bury it, this is buried again. Yeah, buried. Should we play the prank phone call we got? We're getting pranked by other podcasts. Oh yeah, do it. All right. He thought he was so sly. So we got a voice memo. We have a bunch of voice memos we haven't done. <gasps> we do? Yeah. It's starting. We'll just play some of it. How do you play this shit? This shit blows. It's quicker on the computer. Yeah, our stupid thing sucks. Oh, you know what it is? I have to download it. Okay, hold on. I got it. I got it. You sure? You sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's good to go. Hello, gentlemen. It's Leroy Starfisher. I just wanted to say, I love your podcast. <laughs> Here down in Louisiana, we enjoy a uh, sultry man voice talking to us, if you know what I mean. Christopher just has the most beautiful speaking voices. He sounds like uh, 
he could float along and pick sunflowers and wild daisies as he's scrambling around. And then you've got Dave, who sounds like he'd just like to take command of someone if he got the hold of him. Christopher, on the other hand, seems like he would like to be taken commanded of. But I digress. I listen to y'all, especially Christopher, when I'm on the toilet, when I can't sleep at night, sometimes in the morning, and all the time at night. <laughs> oh, I do believe I'm getting the vapors. But seriously, fellas, keep on preaching the good word, my dopey brethren. And Christopher, I do hope you'll listen to this voicemail over. And over and over. Dave, you can listen too. Thank you. Maybe interject with some manly grunts like, uh, and, uh, uh. Yeah, that. And he cut off. Yeah. (laughs) What do you think? I don't know who that was. You know who it was. Yeah, that's Jed from Church and Other Drugs. We need to think of some creative sort of response to this. But I mean, I knew immediately who it was. Because his name popped up in the email. Even if it didn't, I would have known in two seconds. He should have tried harder because I I really think he could have pulled off some predatory shit with you. And it would have been really funny. Because everybody... No, because you're the adorable... You always say that. I don't know why you're saying that. Because that's what people write. Oh, my God. Chris is so adorable. I'm totally crushing for him. Oh, my God. All right. How much time do we have left? We got got a few minutes. All right. Um, Do you want to talk about Clive Davis? Do you want to talk about the 13th step? Do you want to talk about... The age of tighter clothes and the desexing of society. What is that? Well, that's just a little theory I have. Just go quick on that one, because we we're at 58. Well, do you notice how everybody's wearing these incredibly tight clothes? Women are wearing these yoga pants, and, and men are wearing these man jumper things. You yeah. hear about this? And it makes me think that, you know, right now it's very much like everybody wants everyone to look at them and, like, you know, see this incredible... You know, the shape of their body. Yeah. But I think we're on that trend to get to the place, like, you know how in Superman, on Krypton, everybody wore those body suits? Yeah. And you couldn't tell what Everybody sec- wears the same thing. Yeah. yeah. So I think this this sexualization with tight clothes is going to turn into a desexualization <laughs> where everyone is wearing tight body suits. That right. is what I believe. Kind of like this, the new Speedos in the Olympic swimming. What's that? Uh, well, how they used to wear speedos. Now they were like body speedos. Exactly. Like <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's like Jor-El, his outfit, and 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 Lara's outfit in Superman. I will never get on board with that. Well, it'll be past our time. No, you and I do not have a chance. Everything I wear is from an ex-girlfriend, my mother, hairdresser, or ordered off of Amazon. Hairdresser. Yeah, Caitlin. What does she give you? She went. Oh, actually, she went shopping and. The last time I went shopping, it was like a year and a half ago. She and uh, she bought a bunch of shit. For In me. five generations, I predict everyone will be wearing body suits. Okay, so if Dopey's still around, then how can it be around? Well, we'll pass the baton to, to our little drug addict children. Don't they get say crazy. that. Don't <laughs> say that. Don't say that. All right, stay strong and toodles. Leave us a review if you don't mind on uh, iTunes or the Apple Podcast app. Or follow us on Reddit, or follow us on Instagram, or follow us on Twitter, or follow us on Facebook, or email us, or send us a voice memo. If you want to send us a long memo, you got to record it on your phone and email it to us, or Dropbox it to us, because our website feature sucks. Our whole website sucks. Don't use the, the recording on the voice You memo. get a minute and a half. So and it's hard to, say, to open it. And if you just want to say what's up... In a minute and a half, you can do that. You just say what's up on there, but send email us a voice recording with your phone. Yeah, for reals. On the phone, in the utilities, there's a, a voice memo function. You use that to record yourself. And send in a good fucking story and write a five-star review. Write a five-star. And if you send us a voice memo, we'll be most apt to play it if it's about 10 minutes max. Max. If you run for 20 minutes, Six minutes happening. is the sweet spot. Yeah, six, eight minutes. If you do six. 20 minutes, we won't even. Six is perfect. Yeah. A fiery six minutes? You yeah. can't say no to that. Yeah. Now, I just want to say well, one where's thing. Where's Brian? We need to hear more from Brian, the DMT guy. 
We're going to put him, him in the next time. one. Yeah. We're going to call him. Yeah. Right. I have his number. He wants to talk anyway. Okay, good. Look for Brian next week. Stay strong, my brothers yes, and sisters and, in and recovery. And toodles, my brothers and, and sisters. And check out A Long Strange Trip. And, and eh, whatever. It's five hours. I'll check out the first one. Okay. All right. See you guys. I want to take a walk around the world. I wonder would it do me any good. Until I get some money in my pocket, then I guess I'll just have to walk around my neighborhood. But I want to be good so bad. want to be so good, so bad, so bad. I want to be good so bad. Bad desire's all I ever had. And I want to take a ride up in the sky. Watch this aeroplane just pass me by. And I want to see a Lear jetliner take a dive. Just to show all of these people what it means to be alive. But I want to be good so bad. Want to be so good, so bad, so bad. I want to be good so bad. Bad desire's all I ever had.